0: The Kentucky guy here and thanks for listening to the red pill current news podcast. Hey, today we've got a special treat for everybody. I'm actually doing an interview with Jonathan Royal. He's an international celebrity hypnotist therapist and a mind magician. I think you guys are going to find this very, very helpful when it comes to addiction and habits and things of that nature. Remember this month, we're going to focus on addiction and overcoming those types of habits, bad habits that we all have. All right, I hope you enjoy this episode of the Red Pill Fair News Podcast. And welcome to the Red Pill Current News Podcast. I'm your host of Kentucky Guy. Hope everybody's having a fantastic day today. If this is your first time listening to us, be sure to hit that follow or subscribe button. We're on 73 different audio platforms, including Amazon Music, Apple iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Pandora. And the list goes on. Also, if you are a sports fan, I do co-host with Donnie Cage, Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast. We drop new episodes there every Monday and Friday. Here we drop new episodes at least twice a week. If you'd ever like to be a guest on the show or have any questions, you can always email me at olkentucky99 at yahoo.com. That's olkentucky99 at yahoo.com. Also in the links below, folks, if you'd ever like to buy any merch from our shows or, once again, visit our website. The new book is out. Be sure to click the links down below. I'm very excited today. We do have a special guest with us, and I'd like for all of you to join in and welcome me, Mr. Jonathan Royal. He's an international celebrity, a hypnotherapist, and mind magician. So please welcome Jonathan Royal to the show. Hey, sir. How's it going? Hey, how are you doing? Ken Cook. How are you doing? I'm good, Kentucky guy. How are you? Doing great, doing great. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, I would like for you, since it's your first time on the show, to go ahead and give a brief synopsis of yourself to kind of introduce yourself to the audience, please.
1: Yeah, no worries. Um, I'm known as Jonathan Royal, an international celebrity hypnotherapist, a comedy stage hypnotist, mind magician, and master of all things mind control related. Um, I've been doing this now. Well, I've been—I was born into a circus family on the 13th of August, 1975. Made my performance debut age three and a bit in December, 1978, as at the time the world's youngest circus clown, Flap the Clown. And then I got into the world of magic, conjuring, and illusion, and learnt about sleight of hand. But that also taught me psychology and started me down a rabbit hole where I learned about hypnosis and mind control and by the time of 1989 when I was 14 I'd become the youngest ever member of the professional uh, so- sorry the association of professional hypnotherapists and psychotherapists here in England and i have been helping people overcome their habits, addictions, fears, phobias and pretty much all issues you can think of from A through to Z um, ever since as well as using hypnosis on the stage to entertain people and in more recent years by way of my documentary extreme danger extreme hypnosis subtitled it's time for the sleepwalking zombies to wake up uh, which incidentally is available to watch now free of charge it used to be something you paid for on Amazon, but we've made it free of charge now on uh, my Celebrity Hypnotist YouTube channel. Uh, There's a playlist on there called Extreme Danger, Extreme Hypnosis, where you can watch it for free, and it explains to you how we are all hypnotised and psychologically and emotionally manipulated um, by the powers that be that truly control the world from all angles of our daily life, from cradle to the grave. So that kind of,
0: that's me. Wow. Okay. So you were born into uh, was it Gandhi's circus? Is that correct?
1: That's correct. You have indeed done your research.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So uh, at three years old, uh, you just mentioned that you started off uh, at, as a clown. Now, how how many years did you were you actually in the circus?
1: Um, well, for a, a lot of years, but actually traveling with them um, constantly, as it were till um from birth until i was around six and a half because my mum who didn't come from a show business background wanted me to have a perceptively normal upbringing so rather than having to keep traveling from town to town and going to different schools uh, she wanted to get a house and settle down and then my dad would carry on traveling with the circus and then i'd just go and perform at, uh, in the evenings or weekends or school holidays if assuming the circus was close enough by, of course. Um, And that was the plan. So from birth until about six and a half, it was the whole moving towns every week. And then from six and a half, kind of just performing at weekends, school holidays, after school and whatnot. But performing did continue. and And it's never stopped to this day. Wow. Just it, I don't I do not do it as Flap the Clown anymore. You know, I stopped being Flap the Clown when I was about shortly before I was 10, when I basically by then I'd got so involved in the world of magic and country, which was my hobby whilst I was earning money from the clowning, that I got to a point where I went, hey, I don't want to do this clowning anymore. I'm not going to dress up as Flap the Clown anymore. And instead, what I'm going to do is I'm going to perform doing my... Uh, magic and illusion shows which is exactly what i uh, ended up doing
0: great great now as i was reading through everything earlier uh i did notice that you and i've had a, a couple of these on the show in the past uh it looks like during the early 90s that you were actually uh you called yourself a medium you were a spiritual medium and then wow. uh, and then that road changed correct um,
1: I was dubbed that by Psychic News, the international uh, spiritualists uh, and psychics publication. They dubbed me as the new Uri Geller and Doris Stokes ruled into one. And it's true to say that for a couple of years, I was touring civic halls in the northwest of England. Uh, provincial theatres and um, large hotel function rooms where they put events on. Um, In my former stage name of Alex Leroy, presenting what to an observer, certainly the psychic news thought so, looked like I had the um, abilities to make contact with uh, people's departed loved ones in the spirit world and also able to demonstrate um, psychokinetic, abilities such as bending metal with the mind and other kind of stuff whereas in truth it was all just um conjuring tricks and and psychology and after a, a um just short of a couple of years of doing that i did come clean and blow the whistle and go look this is how it was all done you know the purpose was to try and open people's eyes to how easily they get um suckered in by people and you know I can't sit here and tell you that every single clairvoyant on the planet is a fraud and a charlatan uh, mainly because I can't afford all the lawsuits because <laughs> uh, you know I'm sure there'd be somebody out there with enough money to sue me if I was to say that so what what, what I can confidently say Lois, that t- to this day I personally have never met or witnessed anything that I could not fully duplicate as well as, or often better than uh, the individuals claiming to be genuine clairvoyants
0: or psychics. Yeah, you actually, when I said you took a different path, you actually worked with a lot of different people, helping them realize when they were being, uh, I guess, conned, right?
1: Uh, I Yeah, there's not really any other way of putting it. Now, I'm not saying that all the people out there that... um,
0: Right, right, I understand. Even
1: though uh, there there are some people out there, right, okay, I have no doubts whatsoever because I have met some of them who genuinely, genuinely, sincerely, in every nerve fiber tissue or muscle in their body, genuinely believe they have some kind of special gift. And if they were connected to a lie detector, they'd pass it with flying colors. However, there is another name for these people. It's mental illness Um, or delusion on a grand scale because um, or at the very best case scenario, if they're not suffering from a mental illness, uh, but they genuinely believe they have a gift, it's because they've been conditioned and brainwashed into believing that through what spiritualist churches or spiritualist groups often call a development circle, which is a group that they meet up weekly, uh, well at least weekly, and they sit in a circle. Hence, it's called a development circle, and are so encouraged to say the first thing that comes into their head, and and and, and they basically they get conditioned uh, in they get they learn without consciously realizing they're learning things that magicians and mentalists and those that tell the truth would call cold reading or psychological profiling um, techniques, a combination of them, that enable them to say things that most people will likely relate to. And when they do, those people see it as being validation that they've got some kind of special gift because they were never taught the truth that actually what they're doing is um, just this psychological cold reading um psychological profiling throwing things out that would fit and apply to most people
0: right and i I, i'm on board with you i i've noticed that uh i've done a little bit of research on this area in the past and i've noticed that a lot of the questions are open-ended questions and i think it has a lot to do with reading body language and things of that nature so yeah, absolutely. Well, there's,
1: all, there's all elements of that, and what I'm saying is, you know, I said if that's a vast majority, I believe, are doing it knowing full well what they're doing. So that's out and out fraud. Uh, however, there is a percentage of people, and obviously not having met them all, I cannot categorically say that none of them have a genuine psychic gift. Perhaps there is somebody who does. I'm yet to meet them all. Um, But there is a percentage of people that genuinely believe they've got a gift and that what they're doing, they're doing with sincerity, albeit maybe with some element of mental illness or best case scenario, um, delusional self-beliefs because of what they're being conditioned uh, to believe by the leader of a, you know, a, a development circle or whatnot.
0: Right, right. So earlier you mentioned that we talked about habits. Addictions, and as you know, the month of March. The month of March, I'm going to be focusing on uh, addicts because I think addiction is is very very uh, troublesome right now in our country and yeah. all over the world. So I wanted to go over a couple of things that you mentioned in your on your website, and we'll we'll have you give your website out and all that here in just a moment. Uh, no worries. One of, one of the techniques that I wanted to find out a little bit more about was, I believe the uh, acronym is Melt M E L T. Mind emotion That's, liberation technique, uh
1: huh. Yeah, it's one of many. I mean, you, the names are really immaterial, to be honest. Um, don't want to sound flippant, but it really doesn't matter whether you call it hypnotherapy, mind emotion liberation techniques, aka melt to help your clients melt their issues away, or peace. Uh, Psychophysio-Energetic Alignment of Changing Energies and Emotions, or Complete Mind Therapy, or CURED, which stands for Complete Unconscious Reprogramming of Emotional Disease and Distress, or as I do in my latest book that's just been released on Amazon, um, Shitnosis, helping you get over the shit in your life and get your shit together. It doesn't really matter what you call it, all of them, Um, Whatever fancy winky wanky name they've been given uh, for marketing purposes, when they work, they work for the same underlying psychological and emotional reasons. And that's perhaps um, the bigger picture that um, it'd be wise to look at, especially when it comes to overcoming things like habits and addictions, fears and phobias relatively easy to get over habits and addictions uh depends on the uh, on the level of that addiction uh, and you know what it is is it an addiction to cigarettes to uh, gambling cocaine heroin there's, there's so many different addictions but you know what it doesn't matter if it whether it's a smoking addiction heroin addiction cocaine sex gambling what the actual focus of the addiction is, isn't actually the issue. That is the symptom. That is the external manifestation in the world that people can see. And the reflective, self-destructive habit stroke addiction that the person partakes in that starts to damage them, perhaps physically, but certainly more so emotionally and spiritually and on all other levels that is happening because of some kind of imbalance. Now, what I mean by that is this, and this is something that I go into great depth about in my book, Shitnosis, that's S-H-I-T-N-O-S-I-S. Um, basically, as human beings, all of us, and I'm talking about unconscious, subconscious, call it what you will, Um thought processes and reactions, okay? So if you imagine that our unconscious subconscious mind is like the hard drive of our personal net-top computers that run us uh, and and whatnot, if there's any imbalance on negative programs running on the hard drive of our personal net-top computers, then just as having a virus on a normal computer can end up causing corruption and damage and problems, So, in us as human beings, any negative programs or mind viruses running can cause problems. And they can manifest as habits, or addictions, or fears, or phobias, or anxiety, panic attacks, depression, or a whole host of other things that I deal with in the shitnosis book. So, here's the underlying thing. Every human being is born... Unless they've got a genetic disorder or a physical or psychological disability, obviously there are exceptions. But generally speaking, everybody is born with the same potential and with the same kind of blank slate, where you're not scared of anything except loud noises or falling. They're natural, inbuilt things that we're born with for self-preservation purposes. Um, but generally speaking, people are not born with habits, addictions, fears phobias or these are learned behaviors through environmental conditioning psychological conditioning and any traumas we may go through in life which is something we can come back to later traumas because it's not always as traumas are not always as traumatic as people think traumas are remind me to come back to that later but the underlying thing for everyone to realize is that every human being In order to fully function at their peak performance levels, without any habits, addictions, fears, or phobias, without any psychological or emotional issues, needs to feel. And feelings are purely imaginary; they have no basis in reality. They're what that individual feels inside their perception of things, but they need to feel in their unconscious, subconscious mind. So this is without even being consciously aware of it. They need to feel loved, wanted, needed appreciated, cared for, cherished, and valued. Now, here's the thing. They probably sound very similar, but I'll say them again. Take note of them, and then at some point get a thesaurus and have a look, and you'll see that some of them apply more to self-confidence. Some apply more to self-esteem. Some apply more to self-image. They are actually more wide-varying than they sound. So those things, those what I call Royals Emotional Pillars, for stability are that you need to feel loved wanted needed appreciated cared for cherished and valued now if there is any imbalance or lacking in one or more of them and it's different for everyone you know some people might have an imbalance in all seven things some people might have an imbalance in just two of them or three of them but the fact is if there's any lacking in any of them then there's an imbalance that will have a knock-on effect on the person's self Confidence, self-image, self-esteem and self-control, a.k.a. willpower. And if there is any knock-on negative effect on them, it will have a further knock-on negative effect on the person's um, self-love, self-worth, self-respect and positive selfishness. And what I mean by positive selfishness is looking after themselves so they can look after other people. Kind of like when you're on an aeroplane and the air stewardess says... In case of emergency, when the oxygen mask drop down, rather than sticking one on your first child and then going for your second child and potentially passing out and not being able to get oxygen mask on all your family. Put yours on first, even though it seems selfish to you in that moment, because then you're not going to pass out and you can definitely get oxygen mask on the rest of your family. Anyway, there's any negative impact on any of them, it will have a knock-on negative impact ultimately on the person's self-identity, their id. So if we think of their conscious mind, feelings, thoughts and emotions as their ego, and their conscious subconscious, i.e. their personal net computer as their self-identity, or id for short, suddenly we've got the ego and the id, of which sick mind fraud, aka Sigmund Freud spoke about in conventional psychology and it does come down to these things so in a nutshell if someone's got a habit addiction fear or phobia or you know panic attacks anxiety depression whatever the underlying reason for it is more often than not an imbalance in one of those seven emotional pillars as I've just explained or but more often than not it's and the fact that they've experienced some form of traumas in their formative years, from birth up to around the teenage years. And by trauma, I've just reminded myself, I said before, the traumas are not always as traumatic as they appear. Well, that's because, yeah, when we think of traumas in childhood, people often think, well, yeah, a lot of drug addicts were, you know, victims of... uh, Childhood abuse, whether that's sexual abuse, physical abuse, uh, emotional, verbal abuse. But quite often we see that correlation. And that is why we need to repair all those emotional pillars so that the person can feel whole again. And then that way they can let go of their habit, addiction, fear or phobia and become the perfect them as they always uh, were destined to be before those traumas or imbalances came along. But that's the minority of people. The majority of people have had what I like to refer to as lots of little mini traumas. Okay. Now, what I mean by that is they will be perceived as miniature traumas by us now as adults. An example. If I was to say to you that a three-year-old at a birthday party playing with a red balloon, in their imagination, that red balloon to them is the most valuable, precious thing on the planet. We don't know what's going on in their mind. That could be like a miniature universe. That could be um, a magic castle. It could be anything in that child's mind. But it accidentally gets popped. And the child starts crying. And people naturally assume that's because the bloom popped and it was a loud noise. And yeah, of course, there can be an element of that that adds to and amplifies that mini trauma. But let's not forget. That it's not just a red balloon that's been destroyed for that three-year-old, it's a magic castle, or it's their imaginary friend, it's whatever they were imagining it to be at that moment. So to them, that is actually as traumatic to them as us as adults losing a loved one or a family member or relative. Now think about that for a moment, because at first sight, the idea of a three-year-old balloon popping. Having a negative effect on them, causing some kind of traumatic free state in their personal nettop computer that causes manifestations in later life that contribute to them having a habit, addiction, fear or phobia, sounds ridiculous. Until you realise to that three year old, it's not just a red balloon. To them in that moment, it was as traumatic as us losing a loved one or a family member or a friend. And that gets frozen in time because the three-year-old can't understand it into the personal necktop computer. And we have lots of mini-traumatic experiences like that from birth until we're around our teenage years. And none of them in isolation, when we look back on them as adults, we couldn't look at any of them probably and go, that is what's causing my habit addiction, fear or phobia. No, because we're now thinking as adults and we think that those little daft things are little daft things because we're looking at them now consciously as adults. But at the time, when they were experienced, we were experiencing them as three-year-olds, four-year-olds, five-year-olds, and so on. And that's where they got frozen in time. And those traumas act like negative anchors in our personal necktop computer. And when there's enough of them, it causes an imbalance in those emotional pillars that I spoke about before. And it's always those things, a combination of them, that are the underlying root cause to habits, addictions, fears, and phobias? So, my job as a therapist when I work with people, whether that's in person or over Zoom virtually, or as you know, I've been doing in recent months by way of the virtual therapy sessions that I give QR codes to in my book, Shit Gnosis. So, it's not just a book, it's also got QR codes you can scan that take you to virtual online treatment sessions and work you through the processes and the self-treatment techniques to enable you to balance out your emotional pillars so that you do end up feeling both consciously and unconsciously loved, wanted, needed, appreciated, cared for, cherished and valued so that it repairs your self-confidence, self-image, self-esteem and self-control so it totally builds back up your self-love, self-worth, self-respect and positive self So that rather than feeling empty and as though something's missing and out of balance, you end up feeling whole again and your self-identity is repaired to being the real you. So you feel worthwhile in every area of your life. And at that point, any habits, addictions, fears or phobias just crumble away because you don't need those crutches anymore. You have no emotional desire to escape anything because everything's gone back into balance that's the key to it all kentucky guy
0: wow yeah that's just um, just amazing and i noticed that uh you have a when it comes to hyp- hypnosis therapy uh you also have like the virtual gastric band hypnosis i read something about that Uh, Is that the same? Is it what I'm thinking? They're they're,
1: they're just just marketing ploys. Don't get hung up on the names of different therapeutic approaches. When they work, any psychological talking therapy, whether it's called virtual gastric band hypnosis to help people lose weight or it's called Cured, complete unconscious reprogramming emotional disease and distress or any of the other 26 other different modality names that you'll see listed on my website ultimatehypnosiscourse.com or any of the others you'll see other people marketing the names in material when they work they work because of the reasons i've just explained nothing less nothing more the fact is when it comes to weight loss there's processes you can take people through but you know what at the end of the day there's only two ways to lose weight number one Burn up more calories than you're taking in. Number two, reduce the number of calories you're taking in. As fully defined decades ago in a book called Diets Don't Work by Dr. Bob Squartz, which is available on Amazon. That's the only way you lose weight. All that psychological talking therapies can do for somebody who is going to take less calories in and do more exercise to burn off more calories, which is what will result in the weight loss, is help give that person the state of mind, body, and spirit and self control to avoid the sugary or fatty foods or to make it easier for them to stick to their new exercise regime or whatever. Um, which again goes back to balancing out those emotional pillars we talked about earlier and um, is what my book, Shit Gnosis, uh, fully helps people to achieve in the comfort and privacy and safety of their own home.
0: Gotcha. And the reason why I brought that up is because there is a, a gentleman that comes around here to our town. I've heard Mm -hmm. on the radio. I've never been there, but I've heard on the radio and basically he he's a hypnist. He does hypnosis and a large crowd in a theater. They have a theater that they sell out for him and he goes there and he actually helps people like he hypnotizes them to lose weight, which I, I I've heard several success stories and I'm, Kind of amazed by that.
1: Um, you, like, know, to- you will, you will get some success stories, but the reason for the success stories is that that event's given a focus to the individuals who attend and given them kind of permission to change an excuse to change a focal point uh, a trigger to change and to get off their ass and stop doing the things they were doing that weren't helping them lose weight and help them start doing the things that will help them lose weight which is to take in less calories and do more exercise ultimately and um and the hypnosis so, all that really does is help to balance out those emotional pillars we talked about earlier
0: Right, so it's basically what I said what i what I was thinking when I first heard it was these people wanted to do it anyways, they wanted uh, to have the second drove
1: yeah, of course, of course, um you know there are techniques where you can make people do things against their moral. Will and whatnot. Of course, there are, there are. but that gets into the realms of hypnotic brainwashing, MK Ultra mind control, and it does exist, and it happens in the world. And governments spend fortunes researching such things, and and if anyone wants to research, you know, go and have a look on my celebrity hypnotist YouTube channel. Click on the playlists and look at the one called Extreme Danger, Extreme Hypnosis, and you can see my documentary, and I go into it. And, um, you know, and then I encourage you to independently research things like MK Ultra, Mind Control, uh, the Behavioural Insights Team, also known as the Nudge Unit here in England, uh, the Tavistock Institute of Human Relations. Look at these type of things and the 77th Battalion of the British Army. And suddenly you realise that mind control, brainwashing and making people do things against their will is not science fiction. It's fact. There's an actual entire British Army battalion called the 77th Battalion. And there's one in America, but I can't remember its name, that's set up purely to deal with what they call psychological operations, PSYOPs. Um, and there are techniques like that that could be used to make people do things against their will. But when it comes to therapy, sooner or later that would break down and the person would relapse and um, start putting the weight on again. Or, or would relapse and start taking the drug again they've got to actually have a spark of genuine true desire of their own to say goodbye to that addiction fear phobia or whatever in order for the processes that can help them rebalance those emotional pillars to not just work but to continue working in the long term
0: you know yeah they've got to they've got to change their whole lifestyle basically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Absolutely. So you mentioned MK Ultra. I actually uh, did an episode on that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, because uh, I've I've done quite an extent. My team has, I should say, has done quite an extensive research into that, into the CIA and 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 of course uh, these mind control things. And it really started out with the uh, scientists out of Germany. The Nazi regime, and they wanted to. Yeah, it was George, a race, kind of.
1: Jersey, Mengele and company was smuggled out of Germany into America by the CIA. Yeah, yeah,
0: and it was a it was a race between Russia and the United States to get as many of these scientists and to start performing. the The reason why the United States actually got into the MK mind control was because Russia had sent a video, They had their spies had seen Russia was doing it. And of course, we couldn't let them outdo us because we were going through the Cold War.
1: That's not that's not <laughs> so. a, that's not one hundred percent correct. Uh, it is at heart, but the reason America got involved is because uh, England had started the research. MK Ultra came about as a result of the Tavistock uh, Hospital in London, England, which is this today has morphed into what is known as the Tavistock Institute of Human Relations uh, which is in the same building as the British Psychological Society in London. This is something we cover in my documentary, Extreme Danger, Extreme Hypnosis and um, the experiments into trauma-based mind control that the Tavistock Hospital were doing in London were then modelled or you may say copied and expanded upon by the uh, CIA set up MKUltra
0: in uh, America. It's okay, so you're saying it came out of, okay, so it came out of England.
1: Ultimately, the roots mm-hmm. did, yeah.
0: Most okay, of the work right. was
1: done in America, uh, the big expansion that you hear of and all do classified documents from the CIA, yeah, that all took place in America, but ultimately the seeds of it started off with the Tavistock uh, Hospital in uh, England.
0: Yeah, and I tell you, when I did my research into that, it was just amazing how they were using these illegal drugs, and mm-hmm. uh, just so many things uh, that they were doing, and uh, it worked for a long time, and they kept it hit for quite a while, and then they finally, you know, it, it, you know, Project Bluebird and all that, it got blown out of proportion, which was good because they, but nobody was ever. Here's my amazement: no, no, none of the scientists were ever charged and convicted for Project uh, MKUltra. It was just crazy. Oh, no, because to
1: to this day, you know, they'll still technically deny that the likes of Jose Mengel were ever smuggled out of uh, Germany and taken to America to continue their madness. But there are, you know, documents and stuff out there that have been declassified that point to that being uh, factually correct. But they're never going to, even though those do exist, they're not going to come out and, you know, draw big attention to it. It doesn't benefit them to uh to do that you know if that's what they were doing Log. uh post war imagine what they're doing now in the research facilities
0: right and you know the at the time that the cia director he had all the files burned anyway so the only way they could prosecute was sworn statements mm. so, and that was a complete loss now i did notice that uh You've wrote, uh, it looks like you've written 22 books. Is that right?
1: Uh, there's actually slightly over 50 different books you'll find if you go on Amazon.com and type in uh, Jonathan, J O N A T H A N, Royal, R O Y L E. Yeah, just over 50 of them that I'm either the author of or co author. But in Fantastic. truth, that's what, you know, most of them are for, uh, are for specific niche people in different industries. Um, in terms of, the vast majority of people listening to this was only two books that uh, you really need to pay any attention to, and that is Extreme Danger, Extreme Hypnosis, subtitled It's Time for the Sleepwalking Zombies to Wake Up, which if you search Extreme Danger, Extreme Hypnosis by Jonathan Royal on Amazon, you'll find that. That's all about the mind control stuff. And um, also my most recent book, Shitnosis, S-H-I-T-N-O-S-I-S, subtitled helping you get over the shit in your life and get your shit together which is the ultimate self-help book with access to online virtual treatment sessions um that basically so you need to overcome any habit addiction fear or phobia panic attack anxiety depression you name it it will help you in your life to become a, a better you they're the only two books that really i would say pay attention to unless you're a hypnotherapist who wants to learn new techniques then Yep, by all means, go have a look at the books I've got on that. Um, if you're a magician who wants to learn magic tricks, yes, I've got books on that. But generally speaking, those are the two books that every human being on this planet could benefit from.
0: Fantastic. Now, before we run out of time, I want you to, uh, if you don't mind, Jonathan, go ahead and promote your uh, your website, your YouTube channel, any social media yeah, that you have. and thank you. And, and, uh, and also how uh, the audience members may be able to because you do like one-on-one coaching sessions right
1: i do uh but for people who really want them although i would say you know rather than spending hundreds of dollars with me for one-to-one therapy honestly in the first instance you'll spend 17 united states dollars on amazon for a copy of shit nurses helping you get over the shit in your life and get your shit together and as long as you do what's covered in that book you will not need to spend Massive amount of money to see me or any other therapist to be able to do it for yourself. Um, for anyone who wants to learn how to be a diploma bearing, confident and competent clinical hypnotherapist, visit my website ultimatehypnosiscourse.com. That's Ultimate ultimatehypnosiscourse.com. For anyone who wants to just learn a bit more about my career and see embarrassing photographs of me when I was a young kid dressed up as Flat the Clown and the other stuff I've mentioned, have a look at my career resume which is on MagicalGuru.co.uk, that's M-A-G-I-C-A-L-G-U-R-U.co.uk. My YouTube channel is Celebrity Hypnotist. Loads of free videos on there, including the uh, playlist of Extreme Danger, Extreme Hypnosis, the mind control documentary. And on all of the social media platforms, you can find me as Jonathan Royal, generally with the handle, I believe they call it, of at Royal Hypnotist, which is at R-O-Y-L-E-H-Y-P-N-O-T-I-S-T. Thank you very much for that, Kentucky guy, and thanks everyone for listening.
0: Yes, and uh, thank you so much once again for joining us today, Jonathan. My pleasure. We definitely appreciate it. Please. Definitely appreciate it. Please send me the link
1: on um, Facebook, and obviously I'll share this far and wide into my uh, fan base as well so we can get the word out there and get more people listening to your podcast as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think that uh, you brought a lot of value to the show today and uh, definitely got me uh, thinking. (laughs) So that's fantastic. Tremendous. All right, folks. So... (laughs) All right, folks, so you've been listening to the Red Pill Current News Podcast. With your host, the Kentucky Guy, and as always, God bless and God bless America. Thank you all.